You want me to entertain our allies, so you can tell your dad you're not sure you want me anymore? Pain swam in his golden brown eyes, and when I couldn't figure out what to say to make it better, he shook his head slowly and took off across the cold, dead grass toward our cabin. I ached to go after him, but he wanted to be alone, and I understood why. He'll be okay. Jace tried to pull me close, but I stepped out of his reach, apologizing with my eyes. If I couldn't touch Mark, I couldn't touch him, even for innocent comfort. Both because that wouldn't be fair to Mark, and because where comfort was concerned, there didn't seem to be much innocence left between me and Jace. I'm not sure any of us will be, I whispered, as we passed Malone's lodgings. The rental van was parked in front of our cabin, with Umberto de Carlo and my father on the front seats. As we approached, the sliding door opened, and Matteo de Carlo got out to give me a hug, while two of his fellow enforcers nodded in greeting. Hey, Faith, how are you holding up? I'm fine, Teo, thanks. People asked me that all the time now, and Jace got the same questions. My brother Ethan, Jace's lifelong best friend, was only three weeks in the ground, and we'd seen so much tragedy and disaster since his death that we'd had to put true mourning on hold. But his absence still snuck up on me at night, when I was lonely and needed someone to talk to. In many ways, Ethan had been the soul of our family, much as my mother was the heart, and his death had seared a hole through my own chest. Sometimes I thought we'd never truly recover, as a family or as a pride. Did Mark come through here? I asked, as my father rounded the front of the van. I thought he was with you. He took the key I offered while the guys helped Bert DiCarlo with the luggage. He was, he just needed some time to himself. He'll be back soon. He raised one graying eyebrow, then nodded and unlocked the front door. I followed him into the living room, glancing around at the familiar worn furniture and outdated kitchen appliances. It looked about the same as it had when we'd left. Was it really just three months ago? And without my werecat's nose, I couldn't even smell the residual blood. Ethan's blood. My brother had been gored here, defending me and Casey, and now he was gone. For a moment I got lost in the memory and in the pain of my own loss. So much had changed in so short a time. Very little of it for the better. Faith? My father frowned at me as the guys trooped in with our luggage. Quarters will be a little cramped since we're doubling up. Last time, only four territories had been represented. This time, all ten alphas were coming, with enforcer entourages. I'm putting you, Mark, and Jace in the far bedroom, but I'm guessing Jace won't mind taking the couch, if you think that would be more prudent. Yeah, about that, my hands twisted together, in spite of my own best efforts to keep them still, to remain calm. Then I forged ahead before I could back out. Dad, I need to talk to you, I half whispered, hoping the others wouldn't hear, though they'd find out soon enough anyway, in private. Jace glanced at me on his way to the first bedroom, carrying four suitcases at once, my father took one look at my face and nodded. Outside? Sure. I hunched into my coat and followed him back into the February cold, so much sharper and bitterer than it had been in November. My dad clomped down the steps in hiking boots and jeans. It was too cold for his traditional suit and dress shoes, though he'd probably change before heading to the main lodge. What's wrong, kitten? 
he slid one strong arm around my shoulders, and I leaned into him as we walked, treasuring the voluntary physical contact after spending most of the past week virtually untouched.